Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your word. Your word is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Our emotions, our thoughts, what we brought through the door with us today. Your word is able to sever that from us. The dividing asunder of soul and spirit. We open our spirits to you today. Your word is spirit and it is life. Your word is spirit and it is life. It supersedes the realm of the natural. It supersedes the realm of our reason. It supersedes what we think and what we say. So we come today, Lord, and we bring our souls and our spirits in subjection to your word. Jesus, you said you were the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So we bring ourselves in submission to your word today. That you speak to us through your word. You change us through your word. You direct us through your word. You provide for us through your word. Because it is truly a supernatural substance. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. I want you to go with me in your Bibles to Psalm 121. And it's a great passage of Scripture, Psalm 121. And uh, the Bible says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help, where does it come from? From the Lord, who made the heavens and the earth he will not allow your foot to be moved he who keeps you will not slumber so you don't need to stay awake at night worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow how things are going to work out tomorrow God's staying awake for you isn't that encouraging that God stays awake for you and I And this is an amazing passage. I want to draw your attention to that that last part of the verse. He who keeps you will not slumber. The story in the Bible that I want to draw your attention to is in the book of Esther. And Esther is an amazing book. It's six chapters. And the King Ahasuerus inherited the throne from Nebuchadnezzar and he ruled Babylon and the Jews were his slaves and he was a pagan ungodly king he was a vicious ruler he had no compassion for his subjects and uh, he brought his he had a big party and he called his uh, rulers and uh, lords out and he said, you know, he was going to, he was had this huge party and he wanted his wife, Vashti, to come out and do a dance for him and, and behave and 
whatever he wanted her to do. And she decided she was not going to do that. So we've heard a lot about gender-based violence and violence against women. And here was a woman who stood up against one of the most powerful rulers of the day. Well, nonetheless, she was, uh, he got rid of her, and the Bible doesn't exactly say what happened, but she was removed from her position as queen. And then in order to get, and, you know, get access to the next queen or to have the next queen come to power, what he did was he had a beauty pageant. He had 120 provinces, and he invited all the women from all of the, the provinces to come. And it was all about the lips and the hips. And eventually, it came down to a little orphan girl by the name of Esther. She won the pageant. And he crowned her queen. And uh, at this point in the story, in chapter 2, Mordecai is Esther's uncle. She had no mother and father. Her uncle raised her. And so she was brought in as queen. And uh, Mordecai, her uncle, obviously had some use for these, for the king. He was at the, the Bible says he was at the gate. And during those days, all of the, the deals, the wheeling and dealing took place at the city gates. And at the gate, he was obviously a negotiator of deals and buying and selling. And he overheard the plans of the king's bodyguards, two of the king's bodyguards had planned to kill the king. And he reported it to Esther and how she got it to uh, King Ahasuerus, we don't really know. But word came to the king. Well, Haman is the third person I'd like to introduce you to in the story. Haman was King Ahasuerus's prime minister. And he was rather full of himself. And when the king would go downtown or around his provinces with his entourage, Haman would travel with him. And all of the subjects would bow down to the king. And there would only be one man who would stand. And this is an important lesson for all of us today. There was only one man who would stand. His name was Mordecai, Esther's uncle. He was a Jewish man. And he said, I will not bow my knee to any man. I will not bow my knee to any institution. I only bow my knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Well, of course, this got under Haman's skin, who was the prime minister. And he said, I'm going to kill Mordecai if I have to do it with my own hands. This was his strategy. He wanted to destroy Mordecai. Well, of course, he was the prime minister, so he had the king's ear. And uh, this enraged him so much that uh, he decided to put a plan in place to destroy the Jewish people. And he went into the king and he said, well, look, the Jews have kind of, they've, uh, they've, you know, been useful to us up until now. And, uh, you know, their intellectual property and all of their skill sets we've been able to use and we don't need them anymore. So let's destroy the Jews. And uh, he obviously came up with quite a few good ideas as to why the Jews needed to be destroyed. And King Ahasuerus, 
got into agreement with him, and a decree was made for the Jews to be destroyed. And every end of the year, we celebrate a time of the year called Purim, Purim, and this speaks to what happened in the book of Esther. And so he makes this plan. He wants to destroy the Jewish people. And Mordecai, Esther's uncle, goes into Queen Esther in Esther chapter 4. And he says to her, there is a plan to destroy your people. The king did not know that she was Jewish. There's a plan to destroy your people. And let me tell you right now, on planet Earth, there is a plan to destroy the people of God. There is a plan to destroy the church. There is a plan to destroy you and me, to shut the church up. Why do you think they keep putting us behind these jolly masks? They want to try and shut us up. But we will not shut up. We will not back up. We will not bow our knee. We will stand up for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because that's who the church is. That's what the church does. This little orphan girl was the bride who the king brought in. An ungodly man. But she came in by divine appointment. And God has you and I as the church here by divine appointment. We are not here by accident. We don't have these convictions by accident. Every single one of us, our voice makes a difference. Our actions make a difference. Every person you care for, every person you encourage, every school child you feed, every child you educate, we make a difference. And here was Mordecai. He says to Esther, she says, I'm so afraid. If the king does not put out his scepter to me, you can tell me to go in, uncle. But if I go in and he decides to kill me, that's it. We're done. I'm destroyed. She said, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. I'm going to ask you to fast and pray for me for three days. And when you fasted and prayed for me for three days, I'm going to trust the living God. And I'm going to walk into that unrighteous king's palace. And let me tell you right now, in our nation and around the nation of the wo- nations of the world, there are young men and young women that as we pray, they will step into the throne rooms of ungodly kings and God will give them a word and nations will be saved and nations will be turned around. He fasts and prays and she goes in. And when she goes in, The king puts his scepter out to her and says, what do you want? She said, I want to have dinner with you tonight. And I want you to bring your prime minister, Haman. Well, Haman is so excited he's going to go and have dinner with the king and the queen. He thinks he's on the top of the list. He's got his Instagram out. He's taking pictures. He's sending them around. He's meeting with the paparazzi saying, listen, I'm the cool dude on the the block. (laughs) And so he goes in and he has dinner. And so he comes out from the dinner. And the king again says to the queen, he said, this has been such an amazing dinner. He said, what do you want? And I'll give it to you up until half the kingdom. She said, no, no. 
See, she was a wise woman. She knew the way to a man's heart is via his stomach. <laughs> and so she said, no, no, no. She said, I, I want to have dinner with you tomorrow night. And so that night, that night Haman goes out. He thinks he's so empowered. The forces of darkness are so empowered. Haman's wife says, I tell you what, you're so upset with Mordecai. She said, let's work all night and let's build the gallows on which we're going to hang Mordecai and we're going to destroy the Jews. That's what we're going to do. We're going to work all night. So all night long, there was banging and, and pulling and pushing as Haman built the gallows. But that night, the king could not sleep. <laughs> Esther chapter 6, the king could not sleep. He was walking around in his Louis Vuitton gown and his Gucci slippers. And uh, he couldn't sleep. He said, I'll tell you what, bring me my valet and tell him to open the book of the Chronicles. And the book of the Chronicles, the Chronicles of the King, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, today it would be our historical, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica or one of those. They brought, he brought them out. And, he's, and the, the valet said, well, sir, where shall I start reading? He said, just start anywhere you like. And so he opened the page. And guess where he opened it to? He opened it to the exact place. Where Mordecai had reported of the plan and the strategy to destroy his life. The assassination plan. And he read it to him. And he said, what thing has been done for Mordecai? He's never asked for anything. Can you imagine? In the middle of the night, the king's not sleeping. And then the valet opens the book to the exact Page. Let me tell you, your God and my God does not slumber or sleep. Things that look like they're happening by accident, God has designed on purpose. <laughs> and they said nothing has been done to him. Nothing has been done for him. And at that moment, in comes Haman, the vice president. And the king says to him, what do you think I should do for a man? What honor do you think I should give to a man who has done a great thing for me? Well, here was old Haman. He thought the king must be talking about me. I'm the guy at the top of the list. He said, I'll tell you what, king. You know what you need to do? You need to give this guy your robe and you need to give him your horse. I should have imagined it was a beautiful white horse, Pastor Grant beautiful white horse, champion, stallion, <laughs> put him on your stallion and, the, and find some guy who's been uh, uh, disobedient and, uh, you know, irreverent in the kingdom and let him lead him through the streets as everybody pays uh, accolades and claps and honors him. And so the king said, right. He said, bring in Mordecai. <laughs> See the plans that the enemy intends for evil. God turns around for good. That gallows 
that was prepared for, ha- for Mordecai. The Bible says Haman hung on it himself. And so the king has, more, Haman has a meltdown. And he has this meltdown and he runs into Queen Esther's bedroom. And he said, please have mercy on me. Please have mercy on me. And the king walks in and sees him falling in the king's bedroom, in the queen's bedroom. She, he says, take him out right now and hang him on those gallows. Let me tell you, the pit and the hole people dig for you, they will fall in themselves. Your God neither slumbers nor sleeps. The power of a woman to cooperate with the divine purpose of God. I want you to stand with me. Father, in Jesus' name, as we stand in your presence right now, we raise our hands. And we thank you today that you remind us that you never slumber, you never sleep, that our lives are in your hands. And the words that Mordecai spoke to Esther, who knows, but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, that we are, in, we are alive in South Africa and around the world at this time, in this place in history, because you have a divine and sovereign plan for each one of us. And this morning as we stand in your presence, we yield to that plan. I want you to raise your hands and pray after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. You said, I have come to the kingdom. I am in your kingdom for such a time as this. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I thank you that you will direct me. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. I know that the the next service is getting ready to come in. But thank you for being here this morning. We love you. If you need prayer, if you need anybody to see you and counsel with you, we're here to pray with you, stand alongside you. I love you. God bless you. You can join us for... At, at 11 a.m. You can join us at the 11 a.m. Yeah. service should you like. You can We've got join some us gifts at 11 to give away. Or you can do the drive-through at 11, 11 a.m. We, we were going to run uh, the service across on the field. So 14 days ago, it said the weather was good. That means you just can't trust the weatherman. But 14 we, we were counting So we down thought we'd have a beautiful day in the sunshine. Uh, but obviously, it's Cape Town. You're blessed. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. So you can either stay inside or you can do the drive-through outside. But we do have a gift for all of the women who are at the 11 o'clock service. God bless you.